one time. Come on, y'all. Come on. All right, look, we're going to have some fun today, but let me just go ahead and tell you, we're kicking off a new series called Old School. Here's how this is going to work. We're going to do some old school songs like that, but here is the better news. You get to pick what they play, man. You're going to submit old school songs. It can be from any genre. If you want to do some old Christian stuff, if you want to do some old country stuff, if you want to do some old rock and roll, it doesn't matter, R&B, just send them in. Put it on our social media and say, hey, man, I'd love to hear this song or this is kind of fun, and we're going to pick some songs and put them in there. How's that sound? Come on, y'all. Come on. Perfect. And we want you to submit old pictures as well. We're going old school all the way through Mother's Day. So we want you, if you have old pictures, I want you to submit stuff like this, all right? Yeah, that senior picture right there, son. Respects the tuxedo, son. That's going to be fun. Pop that collar if you got it, man. Send them in. And this is even better. Here's my wife. So you ready for this? Look at that right there, son. Woo, son. Got that big hair from the 80s, baby. That's what I'm talking about. And then there's our friend Scott who does all of our social stuff. He's on the fun, the podcast. So we're just having a lot of fun. We're finding all these old pictures, and we want to put yours on the screen, not ours. So send them in to us. Tell a little story. Let's have some fun with it. So are you ready? Come on. Let me hear you. Come on. One time. Band's already bragging on you, man, because you've done good. You're better than 9.30 already. You already got a little more energy, and we're going to need it today because we're going to learn some stuff. It's going to apply to every one of us. doesn't matter who you are, what your background is. You're going to walk out of here and go, okay, I got it. I got something today. What we're going to do is we're going to go old school, and when I say old school, we're going to go Old Testament today. So we're going to go all the way back in the front half of the Bible that something that will apply to where we are today. We're learning from an old school dude named Moses. Now, if you grew up watching TV back in the day, this is what you think of when you see Moses. Anybody remember that guy right there? Charlton Heston, man. It was a big movie back in the day, or television show. They kind of put it in both genres. But it's one of those things where if you didn't grow up in church, you don't know much about Moses. You don't even know much about Old Testament or New Testament, front half of the Bible, back half of the Bible. But I'm going to try to help you with all of that. Now, I did this in the 930 hour, and nobody knew what I was talking about. They knew Charlton Heston, but then I was like... Anybody around my age, okay, that's 50-ish, all right, go with me. Does anybody remember this right here? Come on, let me hear you if you remember this. Okay, this was a movie. It, was a, it went out to theaters, and I remember going to see it. It was pretty cool. You know, it's all animation. They hadn't done that very well before, and so it was done pretty well. And so what we are going to try to do today is teach you about this individual. His name is Moses. And they've been television, they've been on TV, trying to tell his story for generations. But today, we're going to make it apply to where you are. The first thing I want you to remember when it comes to this guy named Moses is that you got to know God has a plan. Now, why do I say this? Man, when we walk in here, life is crazy. I mean, you got stuff going on in your life, you got stuff going on at work, you got health stuff, you got financial stuff. And when you're in the midst of everything that's happening, it is very difficult sometimes to believe or trust that God has a plan. It's even hard to see because you're going, all right, I, I hear you, Justin. I mean, you're up there, got the lights on, you're the, pe you know, the preacher, you're trying to tell me all this stuff. But I don't know, man, sometimes I doubt that God really knows me or he really does have a plan for me. Well, this is where it goes back to Moses. When you look in the book, there was Genesis, Exodus. It's the second book of the Bible, all right? There's a bunch of them in there, but this is Exodus, the second book. Chapter 14, verses 2 through 3. This is telling us about Moses. This is just a little bit of a recap. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I'm just going to give you a little overview because most of us have a little bit of idea who he is. But the idea was this. 
Moses had gone to get his people out of Egypt, to set his people free because they were slaves. They were in captivity. And Moses didn't dig it. He wasn't liking it. It was God's people. They did not need to be slaves. They did not need to be in captivity. They needed to be free on their own and living the dream for their life. So God comes to him and he says this. He says, tell the people to march towards the sea. This is getting Moses to lead these people out of Egypt. Now, a little background here. This is also where the plagues came in. He had to go talk to Pharaoh and all that other stuff happened. But this is after all of that. And now he's going, all right, I'm on this journey. Camp along the shore. And then Pharaoh will think those Israelites are confused. Already, God was telling Moses, like, hey, I want you to do something that doesn't really make a lot of sense. I want you to start going on this path. And then when Pharaoh, who is the boss, he's the guy in charge. He's the one who has the largest armies. He is the one who has enslaved the Israelites. When they start walking towards the sea, the Pharaoh, God is telling me, man, he's going to think you are confused. And he's going to think that they are trapped because you're going to be stuck between the wilderness and the sea. It makes no sense. The plan that God is telling Moses to you know, fulfill is like, this is weird, God. Why would we go towards a sea? There's no escape. Why would we allow the, you know, the enemy to kind of trap us and put us in this position? Now, if you didn't read the scripture growing up or that's not good enough for you, I'm going to go old school Prince of Egypt and I'm going to show you just a little, you know, cartoon version of from the movies how, what this looked like. Here's Moses taking a bunch of people. I mean, it's not like a small group of people. This is a large group of people coming out of Egypt, going to a sea, which makes no sense. And here comes the largest army in the world coming after you. Watch this. y'all pretty cool huh old school now why do I show you that well you can read a scripture what I love about movies and television it puts it in a way that we can kind of grab a hold of it how big it is how powerful that moment was but then I want to bring it back to you here you are you walked to this room today maybe you got relationship problems maybe you got financial problems 
I mean, when the service is over, I'm always, I try to hang out just to catch up with people, see old friends and just tell you I'm glad you're here and hear stories. And in the early hour when we were walking out, some of my dear friends are here and, and Susan George, she's been battling cancer for now since almost the pandemic. So a couple of years and she was back today. And I couldn't help but think, even when I'm up here talking about that today, I'm like, man, Susan's been facing a huge sea of problems. And she feels like the enemy's crushing down on her. And then there's another friend going through a divorce. Man, he was in here. He's like, man, I've been going through a tough time. And he just made it back to church. He's like, man, I need something today. And I'm like, dude, I get it. When you're facing whatever that obstacle is, that difficulty is, you begin to go, man, I don't know if I'm going to get through this or not. But you got to remember that God really does have a plan. It doesn't make sense sometimes, but in the end, just like we see in this great video, but more importantly in the scripture, that God's plan works. It's hard to see it sometimes, it's hard to trust it, but in the end, it is an awesome plan. Look at Proverbs 19:21. People can make all kinds of plans. We try to figure it all out, don't we? Well, if I do this, and it doesn't matter if it's a business plan, we talked a little bit about this last week. I just thought about how we always try to control everything. Retirement plan, business plan, college plan. We make all these plans, but the Lord's plan, his plan will happen. And here's the good news for all of us in here today, all of those watching online, that God has plans that are big. <laughs> Sometimes we have small plans. We think, I don't know if this will ever happen or how can this really be a part. Psalm says it like this, your plans for us are too numerous even to list. Or we always kind of just think small. It's like, I don't know if God's going to do anything with me. And I don't know if I'll ever find the right person. I don't know if I'll ever have a business that's successful. Dude, I get it. But I'm telling you what we see over and over in scriptures that God really does have a unique and individual plan for your life. And through the adversity and the difficult and the struggle is many times where he is teaching us something through it. I don't like it. You don't like it. But there's something for us to learn through it. Now, there is a little bit of a word of caution when you start talking about this plan of God. And I'm going to put it on the screen. When you accept God's plan, so let's just say, man, all right, God, I know you got a plan for me. You also have to accept his timing. Because I don't know about you, we in America, we're the microwave society. I want it now. Go to McDonald's, this thing is over, and let them be slow in the drive-thru. You'll be cussing before you even know what you're doing. And you just left church. Come on, man. Or go to a restaurant. It's a big, t you know, hey, they're sorry, there's a 30-minute wait. I ain't waiting for nobody. Let's find something else. Everybody gets all aggravated. We want everything now. It's the American way, right? Well, this waiting or this difficulty, you begin to feel like God's not hearing me. He is not listening to me. Because if he's listening to me, I've been asking for this. I mean, man, I'm however old you may be. And I've been waiting for my man and he still ain't here. Like you are not listening or business-wise. Man, I've been dreaming of this company. I've been trying to work on it and I'm struggling. It is not working. What are you doing? I can relate. We started the Simple Church 16 years ago, and the whole idea is we had no idea. You go, what do you mean? I'm telling you. The idea was is maybe God's going to do something. We don't know what it's going to look like. And in that process, we were trying to figure out where we were going to meet and how we were going to meet, and we didn't know. And we were like, I don't know. Maybe this will work. Maybe that'll work. 
And so for 16 years, we've been hopping around place to place, setting up, tearing down, moving all of this. When you go, how's all this happen? There's a lot of volunteers that get here early in the morning, set everything up, including children's. Now, I want you to just get this in your mind. All the stuff in the lobby, it's coming up and coming down for 16 years. Can you give them a round of applause, y'all? Because they deserve it, right? That's a long time. Not like a month, not like a couple of weeks. 16 years. So then you begin to go like, man, I don't know about this. Is this really God's plan? And how are we doing this? And so you start going through all of these different things, trying to figure it out. And I can get it. It's like, all right, I got to accept your timing, God. I don't know when we're going to have a place. I don't know if we'll have a place or not, but we're talking about the boardwalk and I'll talk a little bit uh, more about that in a minute. But we think we may even go back to where we started from because we had an opportunity to do it. But the timing, the difficulty, the struggles, all those things are real. If you go back to Moses, it's going to trip you out. Moses was in the desert for 40 years. He had seen his people in slavery. He had seen his people, they were prisoners. And he didn't like them being in slavery. He didn't like the Egyptians ruling over his people. So he got so mad on one occasion, he murdered one. You're talking about a murderer. Now he has run off in the desert saying, God will never use me. How many of you have walked in this room and get, man, I'm a sinner. You just don't know, man, I've messed up. I've done this. God will never use me. Moses would be like, man, that's what I thought. But his timing and God's plan was different than mine. And so I want to take you from the Old Testament and I'm going to flip to the back half of the Bible. That's the New Testament. Thank God we are under the New Testament. We can learn from the Old Testament. But when you look at the New Testament, it applies to exactly where you and I are today. It is the promises that actually are greater than the promises of the Old Testament. You go, man, is that really true? Yeah, look, Romans 8, 28. We used to die, dissect sentences in high school. Anybody remember dissecting sentences? Oh, gosh. Don't take me back, but let's try it. We know. Let's just stop right there. Do you know? Do I know? What do we know? That in everything. So this is the good, the bad, and the ugly. We know we think we know, God, we're trying, that in everything, divorce, bankruptcy, all the way to the married the person of my dreams, I got the job of my dreams, I'm winning the championship to, man, we lost this year. We know that in everything, God works. So he's working at all times for, what's this say? The good. So it doesn't matter if it's winning or losing, in the midst of all of that, God has a plan. He's going, man, I've got something that I'm going to bring out of this for the good. For those who love him. Now, this is the important part. It's like, man, God, I don't have it all figured out, but I love you and I'm trusting you. The best of my ability. This is why it's important to go, like, man, I'm not doing it on my own. I'm just not that smart. I'm not that good. It's like, man, God, your plan is bigger than my plan. So let's go to your kids. Let's go to your grandkids. Let's go to your health. My dad, this week. Talked to him on Wednesday, had a great conversation. He lives in Orange Beach now, man. He's living the dream. He moved, you know, married, got a beautiful wife. On Friday, his wife calls me. She said, Justin, I don't know what's wrong with your dad. We're rushing him to the hospital. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, he can't talk. I'm like, what do you mean he can't talk? My dad can't talk. That'd be like saying I can't talk. You'd be like, something wrong with that dude. Well, the they rush him to do an MRI, and he's got some kind of mass on his brain. Do we know what it is? Nope. This was just like Friday and Saturday. 
we finding all this out. Today's Sunday. So do I have the plan? Do I, man, and God was faithful. And God, I don't know what's going to happen. But here's what I can go to. We know that in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. I can tell you, my daddy loves him. I ain't no doubt about that. My dad knows him. He loves him. He's had a great life. He's always the Mr. Positive. That's where I get the positive stuff from in my life. My dad, he really, he can cut up, be silly. But truthfully, I know he loves him in the midst of all of that funny and crazy and cutting up. And they are the people he called because that was his plan. I'm just telling you right now, he loves you. You're here. You're not listening by accident. You didn't walk in here by accident. This is for us. This promise is for all of us in this room. Old Testament promises for that group of people. We can learn from it. We can apply it. But this one is for you and for me. So when you walk in here and you're battling being broke, you're battling going through horrible relationship stuff, you got things just whooping you, man. Man, I don't know if God's got any plan for me. I don't know. No, trust his plan. And then understand this, that while you're trusting his plan, it is not your timing. And the difficulty is real. And so when somebody says, well, and this is great, man. I grew up in church. I'm like, how's everything going? It's all good, brother. No, it's not. Let's be straight. There are challenges. There are difficulties. It is not all good. But in the midst of all that struggle, you can still trust him. And we're going to prove that with another Old Testament guy. So now let's go from the New Testament back to the front half. Not only you have Moses as an example, it wasn't all good. Guy was a murderer. He was, went out to the desert. God calls him to set his people free. And he's like, man, I can't even talk. God, how am I going to go in there? I don't even, I stutter. I'm having, having to face the most powerful man in the world. He can kill me. He can take us out. I don't know if I'm going to do all that. That's Moses' struggle. There's another guy by the name of Joseph. This guy right here, man, his, he had the dream. Man, God's going to use him. Something's going to happen. His brothers get mad at him. His family sells him out, throws him into a well, literally throws him into slavery. And he's dreaming that he's going to do something with his life. And the next thing you know, man, he is in prison. And it ain't going well. Not for a little while, for a long while. Even the boss, Potiphar was his name. He, his wife was so after Joseph, she lied to him, tried to have an affair with him. Joseph was like, man, I got to honor God. I ain't going to do it. And then she rips his clothes off. That dude's trying to get away so much, man, she pulls his clothes off. Then she takes him back to her husband. Man, he was trying to sleep with me. Man, we just should kill him. I can't believe all this. This is this dude's life. Trouble after trouble, adversity after adversity. And in the midst of all of this, eventually by being faithful, by trusting God and getting to the end, are you ready for this? He eventually earns the right to be in charge. He's the boss. And in the midst of all of that adversity, God's plan is still prevailing. But it wasn't only Joseph's timing. And it wasn't without difficulty, just like Moses. And then this passage, man, this is a tripped out passage, Genesis 50, 20. This is speaking to Joseph. He's up here. His brothers who sold him out are now coming to him. They're in the middle of a world famine. It is the worst of the worst. And Joseph was smart. He put all the grain back. He was, knew what was going on. And all of a sudden, the people who sold him out are kneeling before him. You know what I'd do? I'd look at my boy and be like, cut all their heads off. Bye-bye, you know. Y'all sold me out, payback. But not Joseph. He says, hey, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. What? He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. 
God's plan is at work whether you admit it or not. Whether it's winning or losing, he's got a plan for you. You don't have to believe it, just like Moses didn't believe it. Moses ran from God. He's out in the desert like, I ain't doing nothing. And remember, there was the old burning bush. That's when God showed him like, hey, cuz, I got something for you to do. You talking to me. The only way Moses was going to do it, when, the, when you have a burning bush moment, you're like, all right, I'm going to do it. But if you look at that story, he doubted, he questioned ever, all the time. He was struggling through God's plan. You look at Joseph, it's the same thing, man. Didn't go well. Man, I'm going to do something. Dream, you're going to be in charge one day, Joseph. Then he went through literal hell before he ever got to the, quote, in charge part. And here is the second thing that I learned from this old school dude. Are you ready for this? You got to face your fears. So you got to trust that God has a plan. And then God somehow, someway always pushes us to the place that we're very uncomfortable. Now, I don't know what you're scared of, but I'll show you a picture of what I'm scared of. ba Good news is, right now, under all of your chairs, we've got little boxes, and they're going to be opened right now. Hold on, hit that button, Ship, and let's let the snakes out. Let's see who's not afraid of these. What would you do if that happened? Funny story, man, we were in the boardwalk, and, and some of y'all remember this. I talked to Moses. I had just remembered this now. That's how crazy my mind is. And I had a live snake. We, on the boardwalk, when we were doing it, we were close. We were in the theater. The front row was like right there. And I pulled a live snake out of a box. The lady on the front row let out the biggest O-S word you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> and I still cherish that moment. That was one of my greatest moments. She was like, oh! You know, I was like, yep, he's real. You know, because she was like rolling around. I was like, oh. And I brought it out then because I hate snakes. I absolutely hate snakes. We live out by the lake. This is a pile of cottonmouth. I take my dog walking. He gets in, out in the lake and he swims around a little bit and everything. And I'm telling you, I am just fearful. I saw one out there one day. I'm like, I don't know, man. It just makes my skin crawl. I'm like, uh-uh, I don't like it. And then you think, well, I ain't that bad. Look at this one right here. This is social media. 44-inch cottonmouth. I'm like, I don't know what you're afraid of, but this is on the top of my list. I can tell you what, you know, the polls say you're afraid of. It's what I'm doing right now, speaking before a group. That's the number one fear. Over a snake, you're crazy. But I can look at all this other stuff on here. I don't see snakes on here anywhere. Somebody lied, all right? Well, why do I say this? You've got all of these fears. And here's what God does. And, man, I don't like it. You don't like it. But this is the way it works. God takes you to the one place you don't want to go. Moses didn't want to go before Pharaoh. Joseph didn't want to have to go through everything he went through. And many of you don't want to go through what you're going through. But I'm telling you, there's a part of God's plan in there. The only way Moses could receive freedom was to face his greatest fear. Where all of us in here were like, man, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to have to do that. I'll give you an example. You're having marriage trouble. Somebody says, hey, man, you need to go get some counseling. I ain't going to counseling. What are you scared of? I just, I ain't going to go in there. I ain't going to listen to nobody. You're scared to death to face the one thing you need to face. You struggle with addiction. Hey, man, we really think it'd be good if you check in. You, I, ain't going, I ain't going to rehab. I ain't talking to nobody. You're crazy, man. I already told you, most of my friends do. We thugs. I ain't going to lie to you. If you're looking for a church where they're just all got it together, you better find somewhere else. Because I got addicts in my group. I got people who've had failed marriages in my group. 
People on our staff have struggled with addiction. People on our staff have struggled with their marriages. And the reason I say that, because let's keep it real, man. You don't follow Jesus and everything goes your way. The truth is, is you follow Jesus because when it's not going your way, it gives you the strength to take the next step. And when you're trying to take the next step, there's a lot of fear involved in that. Because you're like, man, I don't know where this is going. And I don't know how this is going to shake out. Man, is this going to work? And he's like, man, face your fears, bro. Don't run from it. Get the counseling. Go to rehab. Begin to work on it. Because every time you run away from it, there's no freedom, man. That's why you feel like you're trapped. That's why you feel like, man, there's no hell. Oh, it's just weighing down on you. So why did Moses have to go face the biggest dude in charge? Because God was like, the only way to freedom, man, is to face your fear. And not only did he face it once, Moses had to face challenge after challenge after challenge. The whole 10 plagues thing is like, number one, he didn't even want to go talk because he stuttered. He was like, man, I, I'm not even a good speaker. He was on the list. Man, I don't like talking to people. One snake's his problem. He's like, dude, I don't like talking. And God was like, no, you're going to go talk. And then he went in there, he's like, man, but I stutter. I don't know what's going to happen, how this is all going to shake out. He's like, just do what I tell you to do. Let me handle my business. You be faithful, I'm going to do what I got to do. And plague after plague after plague after plague, he had to keep going back and keep going back and keep going back. And then eventually, when he's finally free, like, all right, you know, Pharaoh's had enough. He's like, go on. And then he's like, man, we're free. And guess what happens? The army begins to chase him. When he thought he was free, when he thought it was done, here comes another fear. And this was the largest army in the world. Look, Exodus 14, 9. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, everything that he had was sent after to chase Moses. After Pharaoh said, okay, you're free, go ahead. He's like, no, I changed my mind. Go get them. And the horsemen and the troops pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea. So they get to the sea and Moses is kind of chilling there. He's like, man, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. They look up and remember, here they come, man, coming over. They're coming for him. You ever feel like something's coming on you? He's like, oh my God, what do I do? How did Moses make it? How do we make it? This is what's going to trip you out. Are you ready? Let's go back to the New Testament. Because a guy by the name of Paul tells us how Moses made it. Paul was a, man, a Jewish scholar. And what Paul wrote in Hebrews is he says this right, by faith is how he made it. So this is the thing. Why did you come to church today? You're like, man, I don't know, man. I'm hoping something gets me, man. I need something. While you're doing that by faith, you're kind of stepping out in faith. Man, I hope this can help me. So here it is. You're looking at Moses. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. See, Paul's telling you that Moses got to the place. He's like, man, dude, I'm done with being fearful of the king. How did he get over his fear? He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Dude, you talking about a tripped out cool line right there? How do you get through it? It's because you're focused on something you can't see. That makes no sense, does it? How do you get through the adversity? How do you get through the struggle? Man, you got to focus on the one who is invisible. And by faith, take a step of action and go, all right, God, I'm trusting you. So I wrote this down. God redirected his focus, Moses' focus, from what Pharaoh could do to him to what God would do for him. You ever think about it? It's like, man, well, this could happen and that could happen. Yeah, but what does God want to do for you? And where are you looking right now? Are you looking to everybody else? Are you looking at all the circumstances and you're tripping out and I don't know how I'm going to do this. If I do this, I'm going to have this happen. If I don't do that, this is going to happen. If I don't talk to her, then my marriage is done. If I don't go, it's like all these things rolling in your head. And now you're looking at everything 
but the right thing. He reminded me, just like Moses was tripping back then, he reminded me when I go back to the New Testament, a guy by the name of Peter. You remember Peter's story in the middle of the storm, all the stuff's raging, man, everything's going on, Matthew 14, 30. When he saw the wind, he was afraid. When you start looking, oh, I don't know how this is going to work, I don't know how it's going to work, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. You can read this stuff, but I'm going to play it for you. It's a little bit of a dark video because it's taken from the TV show now, The Chosen. But it's one thing to kind of read it. It's another thing to live it. And they do a pretty good job. Watch what happens in the midst of the storm and the lessons that apply to us in the middle of our storms. Watch. Don't keep going. What are you doing? Did anybody just see that? Over there! Go! 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 It can't be. Go! Go! Let's go! Nobody move! Simon, what? I said everybody stop! Stop, stop, stop! Hey, stop! Nobody move! That's not a ghost! Are you crazy? picture man yeah you can clap that's cool yeah what jumps out at me is 
When Peter gets to him, he's like, don't let me go, man. Don't let me go. Jesus is like, why? You little faith, man. There's a lot of things that come out, and this is the thing. It's easy to get distracted when things aren't going good, isn't it? When waves are crashing in and your friends are hollering, man, you're crazy. Don't do that. stupid. Next thing you know, man, boo, you take your eyes off of Jesus, boom, you're gone. Matthew 14, 31, immediately, what I love is this word, man, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and called him. Man, why are you doubting? Man, I can relate. You got a big move coming up with the church. You're trying to figure out if you're supposed to go or not. And could get rough, stormy, right? Do you have enough faith? You're trying to make a move, man. Are you going to get sober? Are you going to work toward trying to honor God with your life? And here's the simple truth. Courage comes from learning to trust Jesus. And Peter learned. You got to remember, this is the same guy that denied Jesus. This is the same guy that later on from this moment would deny him. Would, it's like over and over, Jesus was giving him opportunities to learn how to step out in faith. And then when he messed up, how to run to Jesus and hold on to him. So your business one minute can be just knocking out of the park. And it's easy to praise God when the sales are in, right? But boy, when it, nobody's buying anything. And ain't nobody there. You're like, okay, guy, like what's going on? And then every time you trust him and you see him come through, your courage builds up. You get a little bit stronger. I can remember we launched Simple Church. We didn't know where we were going to go. And when the theater called us, like, hey, man, do you want to have church here? I think y'all signed up for it. We never signed up for it. I signed up to take kids to see a movie there. And somehow we get on the list and they think that we want to have church there. And I had no location picked. And I'm like, okay, guy. Then we're like, can we afford it? Oh, God, what if we can't afford it? And how, what are we going to do? And how are we going to make this happen? Then it overran itself. We couldn't get room. And everybody's panicking, me included. Then I walk down and I see the bar. And I'm like, let's do church in a bar. That's a good idea. And every Baptist said, oh, my God. And thank God my Canadian friends, the mud bugs, they all showed up and came in like, we like church in a bar. And I'm like, welcome, you know. Why? Because, man, they didn't have no church background. They weren't worried about that. They were like, man, let's just come. Let's hang out. And the next thing you know, what I think is crazy or unpredictable, God's like, no, trust me, just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. I can look back story after story, and I go back to you, is every time you step out in faith and you're obedient, and it doesn't make sense, even when it's rocky, and you keep trusting him, you look back and it builds your courage. And then you know what happened with Peter, right? All these stories from selling Jesus out to being forgiven to stepping out of the boat when everybody else wasn't going to do it, but Peter does, and then to sinking, those were building his strength. And then this is the man who starts the church, and that's the reason you're sitting in this room. The early church, Acts 4, what does it say? When they saw the courage of Peter. <laughs> who? When the people saw that he was so full of courage and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They had not gotten any training. This is a fisherman. Where did he get his strength from? To go before the biggest, most powerful religious groups at the time, the Jewish Sanhedrin and everything, because he trusted, he had seen God come through. And he said, man, I'm going to do it. And they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus.
Listen, I don't know who you're following. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how. Don't worry about following a church. Don't follow a pastor. There ain't nobody out there like, man, that dude just is. Man, he nothing. Listen, I'm telling you, me included, if you want to get there, you better follow Jesus. That's true. I'm going to try to help you, but I'm going to make mistakes just like you. It's true this church is not going to be perfect. It's when people say, I'm leaving this church or that church because they didn't. Listen, ain't none of us got it right. Ain't none of us going to get it right. But here's the deal. If I can get you to keep following Jesus, it's going to take you places you never thought you would go, doing things you never thought you'd do, living life you never thought you'd live. But you know what the real key is? You got to take that next step of faith. See, that's what we learned from Moses. That's what we learned from Peter. Is when you talk about taking the next step of faith, how do you build that courage? Is, hey, man, you need to go before the big Jewish council. I got it. Hey, you need to step out of the boat. Okay, I got it. You need to go to Pharaoh. Okay, I got it. You need to walk into this sea because it's going to split before your eyes. Okay, I got it. And by faith, he kept his eyes on the invisible God. And by faith, you will keep your eyes on Jesus. And you must be careful who you listen to. Because remember, when you go back to the Moses story, you go back to the Peter story. And the people said, or the people in the boat said, I don't want to move. I don't want to, I want to go back. This is the whole deal in the whole Moses thing. He gets all these people. This is just like church people. Hey, we're going to go this way. And they all get out there like, oh, like where we are. Exodus 14, 11, 12. Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to this desert to die? Moses gets them out of slavery, out of captivity. They get out there and like, man, you're going to kill us out here. Now what have you done to us to bring us here out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. No, you said, get us out of here, Moses. But here they are. They had to have been Baptists. That was a Baptist group, I'm positive. Oh, man, give me my freedom. Then they, oh, what are we doing? We're going to die out here. Don't listen to people. People are going to sell you out. People don't know. When you get it down in here, this is the whole thing. Make sure above everything else you are listening to God. Don't listen to yourself. Sometimes, man, yourself can sell yourself out. You know that, right? Like, what are you talking about? Well, Moses... Moses, even in the midst of this big move, the people were saying one thing, they were turning on him. And then Moses, he got real powerful. Don't move, stay where you are. Exodus 14, 13, don't be afraid, just stand where you are and watch the Lord rescue you. Now, this could have been a really cool story because then all of a sudden, you know, something could have came in and wiped all the people out. But no, Moses didn't even know what was fixing to happen. He believed that was the right thing. So he told himself, stand firm, we're going to make it. People are tripping out, and they're just like, we will fight. We were going to come through this. It sounded good. But the loudest voice was not his own and not his people, but it was God's voice. Because God said, unbelievably, the plan looks stupid. He said, get moving, Moses. Everybody else said, stay put. Go back. Don't do this. He's like, no, no, no. Look, Exodus 14, 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to move. This is what's so crazy. You know how this is, man. It's, it's so hard to determine that. But I'm telling you, God doesn't want to fool you. He's not trying to trick you. If you pursue him, if you're listening for him, if you want what he wants, he's like, man, I got you. The problem is, is we start listening to what other people say. We start listening to ourselves. We start doubting what other people say, doubting God. And he's like, no, just listen to me. 
And here's the point I want you to get today. Do the next right thing. Do the one thing God is asking you to do next. I don't know what that's going to be for you. I can tell you what I'm working through is this move to the boardwalk. When everybody else is going, really, should you do it? I mean, we're pretty good here. What's the problem? Unless you did that escalator out there today. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but seriously, it's good. Why would we do that? Then it's on my own. Sometimes I'm going, man, should we do this? Right? You go, am I listening to myself? Am I listening to the people? Then you're trying to go, no, God, just show us. If you want more information on it, I'm going to show you a little 20-second video because you're like, where are we going? If you didn't grow up in the similar church, you don't know where we're talking about, what's happening. Here's 20 seconds. And then you can download our app, and I'll tell you a little bit more about it. But watch. This is why I'm a little nervous, but here's what it is. Watch. What's up, Simple Church? Welcome to the Louisiana Boardwalk, the possible future home of the Simple Church. Want to know more about it? Join us on April 30th because we're going to give you all the details, but we need you to RSVP so that you can find out how you can be a part of this exciting opportunity. You don't want to miss it. Come on, y'all. You can put a little clap on there for me. Why? Because it's like, it's possible. Maybe. But here's my whole thing, man. Download the little QR code if you want. I got three or four hours worth of podcast where we're talking about all the questions. If you tell us you want to come, if you download our app, you can click on there and RSVP to come next Sunday night, five to six. I'm going to answer all the questions. I'm going to show you the plans. I'm going to go like, hey, this is what it looks like. This is what we're thinking. This is why. And then some of you are going, you're bringing us here to die. My own thing. I fear failure. What if it doesn't work? Just stay put. All of those things happen, but here's the thing. Exodus 14, 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. That was impossible. And with a wall of water on each side, man, they walked on dry ground. A couple of weeks ago, I had this quote. I'll bring it back to you. If you're stuck between the way things are and the way they should be, then maybe you should stop thinking. Maybe you should stop talking and planning, and you should do something about it. You should move. This can come to your relationships. This can come to your finances. This can come to your relationship with God. Don't just, I'm, 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 I, this could come to your sobriety. This could come to every, like, well, I'm planning on it. I'm thinking about it. I'm praying about it. Dude, just move, man, by faith. James 2.17, in the same way, by faith, you take a step. But it has to be accompanied by action. If you don't, you die. If you step out in faith, man, it's like, man, I'm doing this by faith. Yeah, but like I'm praying through. I'm having my Bible studies. I'm praying through. Look, dude, eventually you got to move. Yeah, but Justin, I feel like I'm missing something. I need one other thing. Like if I had this, then I'd be good about it. Second Peter, remember Peter, the guy that stepped out of the boat? His divine power has given you everything you need for life not by your own power but by his power you can do it God can do anything but the question is is will your fear paralyze you will you miss the blessings that are ahead these are the questions that I ask am I satisfied or do I want more it's better ahead do you personally dream of a better future for yourself for your family for your business for your company it's not bad where you are but is better possible Every week, I try to find some way to kind of put it into a modern illustration. I mean, look, I'm not the best preacher in the world, but the one thing I learned is, is it's a whole lot better when there's something I can look at, pay attention to, that teaches better than just a talking head. 
So that's why you've seen videos. That's why you've seen pictures. And this last one is a great reminder of better is ahead. And not to settle and that by faith you take a step and you move when sometimes it's like, this is kind of tripped out. My brother's really going to love it because it involves a car, all right? A mechanic. My brother's big into cars. He loves all this stuff. So I couldn't help but think about this. But as you watch this story, you want to talk about better being possible? You talk about taking a step and doing what sometimes people think is crazy? Maybe, just maybe, my associate pastor, Steve Hartman, can teach us once again. Watch. I really want to be a doctor when I grow up. Whenever his two little girls play doctor and dream of becoming one someday. Let me take your heartbeat, doctor. 48-year-old master mechanic Carl Allenby is flooded with the feeling of deja vu. You wanted to be a doctor? Oh, yeah. But that wasn't realistic. Not where I came from, no. I grew up in East Cleveland, which is a very impoverished city. We were on welfare, and I remember the powdered milk, government powdered milk and uh, block cheese. And because they were so poor, young Carl quickly set aside his professional aspirations and focused instead on becoming the best auto mechanic he could be. So this was the parts store where I got all my customers from. So you would work on cars in the parking lot of the parts store? Oh, yeah, sometimes till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Eventually, he got his own shop. And for 15 years, he did okay. Until one day, he decided to ratchet things up. In 2006, Carl enrolled here at Ursuline College. His intention was to get a business degree to help him manage his repair shop. But there was one hurdle, a biology class. He couldn't understand why he had to take it, and he put it off as long as possible. I'm a business major. Yeah. What, what do I even care about biology? But I went to class, and in the first hour of being there, I knew what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. All those ideas of wanting to be a doctor just came rushing back. And to make a long story short, the car doctor, Dr. Carl Allenby, is now a doctor, doctor. Daddy, we love you! Last spring, Carl graduated from Northeast Ohio Medical University. And today, he's an emergency medicine resident at Cleveland Clinic Akron General. Hey, Miss Fior. By all accounts, Carl is already an exemplary doctor. Partly because, according to his supervisors, he worked so long in a garage. That cannot translate. You'd be shocked, actually. I think it's some of the customer service. This is Dr. Rebecca Merrill. But could you imagine right now going and learning auto mechanics? No. <laughs> but Carl said he'll do our oil changes, so. Fortunately, Carl now has more important repairs on his mind. But this old auto mechanic also knows that whether you're working under a hood or staring down a hatch. Can I have you open up your mouth otherwise? Your success hinges on your drive. I would hear people say, well, Carl, it's going to take nine years to become a doctor. Yeah. And I'd say, well, nine years are going to pass anyway. So I'd rather be someplace I want to be than someplace that I could have been. And there's the prescription right. yeah. for the I can't do it blues. Steve Hartman on the road in Akron, Ohio. Come on, y'all. How cool is that? So here's our challenge from the mechanic, now doctor. I'd rather be someplace I want to be than someplace that I could have been. Time's going to move on. I can't believe six, uh, 16 years have passed. Simple Church is 16 years old. I can't believe I've been married 25 years. Can't believe I'm a pastor. <laughs> Nobody really would have thought of that. Can't believe there's people that watch online all around the world, including in Africa, Australia. <laughs> Good morning. 
or good afternoon. Can't believe you're in here. And if you can't believe it either, this is for you. Where do you want to be? For your family, this is why you come to church. This is why you get involved because you want your kids to see you learn how to take that step of faith and improve better your family. Your company, when you're going, hey, listen, I can got a pretty good plan, but look, and you're not that smart to be honest. And when difficulties come, you better keep your eyes on Jesus. And we got to learn that. So whether we're in the high or the low, we don't freak out by that. And then we teach our kids the same. So whether you get the scholarship or you don't, or you get the win or you don't, you're going, hey, I'm just going to keep moving. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep my eyes on him because when I look back, I know I can't lose. And I can tell you in the simple church history, it's been incredibly satisfying and rewarding to watch him work. We've went through our highs and our lows. I think of my dad today laying in a hospital bed going, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm going to tell you something. He already knows. He will be keeping his eyes on him and he will be trusting his plan. And we're going to keep moving because I'd rather be thinking about what could have happened and this is it. I know I am experiencing what God wanted. They're sitting there going, man, I don't know what could happen. I don't know where it's going to go. I'm going to trust you. I want to be where I'm at. Than thinking about, oh, I could have done this, should have done that. I want to be where he wants me to be. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for listening. And I'm going to pray for us before we walk out of here so that we can be prepared for what the future holds. Father, I thank you. No matter if it's going to be a good day, a bad day, whether we win or we lose, when we walk in here, help us to follow you, to keep our eyes on you, to trust you. For the ones that are trying to make a decision to get sober, for the ones that are trying to work on their marriage, the ones that are in a financial situation that's overwhelming, help us, Jesus, to keep our eyes on you. For us as a church, God, as we take this step of faith, I pray, Lord, that as we walk out, and get out of the boat, Lord. We would keep our eyes on you. Not on how smart we are. We would start listening to what other people say. We wouldn't listen to our own doubts. We would trust you, Jesus. And as all this is happening, that you could see what we can't see. And it's not just going to happen by faith. It's going to happen by our actions. Just like this doctor. He didn't just dream of it. He just didn't want it. He went out and did it. Help us, Father, to have that strength, that energy, that trust, that faith to be able to see what many people will never see. And I pray if there's somebody that's never given their life to you, man, I, they, they wouldn't surrender to church. They wouldn't surrender to a denomination. They'd surrender to the man who walks on water, the one who overcomes the grave, the one who is the healer, the helper, the provider. And that is you, Jesus. And all you got to say is, Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I have messed up. I cannot do this on my own. Come into my life and change me and help me to follow you. Help me to be a man or a woman of faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.